Welcome to Civispatchum. In today's episode, we discuss recently held online Munich Security Conference, its implications and its main message. Uh, because it was held online, uh, a lot of world leaders uh, gave speeches there, including uh, Joe Biden, Merkel, Macron, Boris Johnson, you name it. And it's interesting in the sense uh, to analyze uh, how what they say uh, will affect world politics and uh, especially whether they can deliver all those uh, pompous promises that they gave. So, as always, enjoy the episode, subscribe to our channels or reach us if you like. Welcome back, dear listeners, in to our new episode of Civis Pachem. Hello again. And in today's episode, we are going to discuss Munich Security Conference, um, just maybe the, the main message, and then let's talk a little bit about how they're going to implement or whether they're going to implement all, the, all those things said at all. Yeah, um, I guess let's just jump straight into the topic. Uh, The conference, Munich Security Conference, was different this year because of the pandemic, of course. It was virtual and um, not too many people attended, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, not too many people, but they were all very senior, which is like, uh, I guess, never happened before. Like the first time uh, American president addressed Munich Security Conference. I mean, for me, I watched the whole thing and I got the impression that all, all addresses were a little bit more informal And they definitely had this uh, transatlantic vibe, so to speak. They were un- like very, for example, yeah, anti-Russian, uh, and um, yeah, they just were not really. Um, they didn't really address the world. They mainly addressed, you know, the West. Um, yeah, which is a little bit strange because they probably know. I mean, of course, they know that everyone um, kind of watches them uh, throughout the world. Um, so in this sense, it was a little bit weird, but yeah, in general, uh, yeah, like like you said, it, it was weird because we've had basically four leaders of major Western countries. They weren't talking to each other; they were more making statements, and I felt like they're reassuring each other of their commitments to the transatlantic relationship, and uh, basically voicing the agendas uh, of all the countries. And their intentions. There was no dialogue. There was just you know clear statements. What we have to do, what we want to do, and what we are going to do. Yeah, but which I guess was the main point of the conference and the whole idea, like beyond westlessness, like what was the topic of the last security conference. Just this idea that uh, when America is back, you know, transatlantic relationships are, are back. And I mean, the whole point, I guess. I mean, the first like two, I guess the the first hour was way like more. I would say. Uh, multilateral international because they were just mainly UN uh, um, I mean mainly international speakers but then since Biden it was very transatlantic and one-sided and you could see I guess they were prepared to have this like kind of united and common statement and I mean they made 
like pretty pretty convincing uh, claims in terms of like you know increasing gdp to two percent military budget to two percent i guess uh, like angela merkel said this but then uh, macron also re- reaffir- like reaffirmed the statement and then of course boris johnson said you know we increase our budget uh, uh for like it, it will be the biggest budget since like the end of uh, world war Two, um which i mean Kind of very surprising because uh, the whole the whole conference, I mean the whole like the, like they sounded very aggressive. I mean to me at least, uh-huh. I got this impression, and uh, very aggressive and kind of like trying to like very anti-Russian. Um, some countries try to pick China as uh, a concern for transatlantic relationships, but as you know, as also some people pointed out, it wasn't really unilateral issue. For example, France did not mention China at all. Um, yeah. And moreover, France uh, said, you know, because uh, the US uh, beca- uh, becoming way more concerned with China, we should be more uh, autonomous in our security decisions because you know, it's it's really hard for the US to work on both fronts, uh, which I guess is interesting. But, it's, I mean, Macron was still pretty, in his statement, um, he was very pro-NATO and pro-kind of like Western. Um. Which is interesting for Macron, absolutely. And um, I, I agree with you that um, the European leaders weren't that concerned with China. I feel like they said... Uh, to Biden something like, yeah, we understand that China is a problem, but it's more of your problem than ours, so we will not get in your way with your dealings with China. Like Merkel said, yeah, we need to acknowledge that China is a competitor, but we also need to work together with them on the climate change, etc., etc. And the entire conference was more like aimed at Russia, I feel. All of them mentioned Russia uh, at some point. Um, Biden did as well. He basically said that it's in Putin's interest to have Europe divided and um, European leaders arguing. Uh, And people who, well, basically all of the European leaders who agreed to increase the uh, military spending, uh, let's be honest, it's aimed against Russia, which I think is interesting in the light of uh, last week, the how the European... A diplomat in Moscow uh, was um, humiliated by the the Russian foreign minister. So it's interesting, super interesting. Yeah, I guess the only country, uh, the only country who was a little bit more anti-Chinese was Great Britain, and I guess Boris Johnson had uh, like very anti-Chinese kind of rhetoric. But yeah. Beyond, uh, like besides, uh, like Johnson and uh, Biden, I, I I didn't hear too too many chi- concerns uh, about China, but there was a lot a lot said about Russia, and uh, of course they you know they, for example like I guess they uh, agreed to uh, to just basically to uh, to get rid of the cap um, for. 
like troops for American troops in Germany. They also said something like they're going to increase their military presence uh, in Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, in Poland as well, I guess. Uh, so like just countries that are bordering Russia. And also, of course, there was like this uh, very powerful kind of statement uh, uh, from Biden, something like, you know, democracy and the liberal government uh, is the only type of government that can exist or something like this. I mean, it was that I, I don't cite direct words. Of course, he said like in more. But I mean, there was like a phrase. He said like liberal democracy is the only type of government that can exist and we persist. So it was like for me, like, you know, kind of like sounded like crusade, especially uh, from Biden's side. And then, of course, they picked up uh, Navalny case. And I guess Boris Johnson proposed uh, anti-Russian sanctions, um, uh, which for me, for example, I guess it's the period of time where you want the, you want uh, the least to deteriorate like relationship with Russia further, uh, because I feel Russia is pretty ready to escalate. Um, so, for example, I would expect some escalation from Russia, not because of uh, because of Munich Security Conference, but of course we should you know look for, like uh, you should we should expect some deeds. But I just feel in general the situation is heating up, and um, yeah. So how do you feel, Vava? Do you do you feel they will, um, let's say, they will manage to uh, to deliver those uh, promises and statements? Um, I think this was more of a response to Russia because, like, like we said last week, Russia had a very belligerent stance against the West, especially against the European Union. Uh, they took a very harsh stance against the EU, calling them unreliable and accusing them of human rights violations and corruption and everything. And I'm not sure if they will follow through with those commitments. Maybe it was more of a warning sign for Russia, like saying, hey, we can also take a harsh stance against you. So maybe you should chill and stop being so belligerent because we will respond to such actions. The question is if the authorities in Moscow will... Well, what they will think about it. Maybe they will take it for real. And they will follow through with some escalation in Ukraine. Um, you know, they could totally sell it like, oh, you know, the West is having this belligerent rhetoric against us. We need to protect ourselves and, you know, beef up our military and uh, help our Russian brothers in the mm -hmm. Ukraine. Um, so there is potential for escalation, but um, I feel it, it still might be, uh, the tensions might be, cooled down, especially considering uh, how Macron is thinking about Russia and uh, how Germany also has business ties with Russia. Um, I'm not sure if it's in everyone's interest to escalate. Yeah, I, I guess the, the important thing uh, for Russia that was mentioned during Biden's speech at his commitment to Ukraine, he specifically said something, uh, we commit to... F to f not free Ukraine or something, we commit to the freedom of Ukraine. Of yeah, I think also territorial so integrity. He said something about that. Yeah. Yeah, territorial integrity, which I mean, basically means that they will probably uh, like ramp up like the military assistance to Ukraine. I mean, for for my side, I could say like just knowing a little bit like media environment right now in Russia, 
they pretty much uh, like broadcast now a lot of stuff about Donbass, especially like bombings uh, initiated by uh, Ukrainian government. And I mean, when I just follow up those news, I understand that those uh, images, you know, like they also use like kids, for example, that suffer from these bombings. You don't really use this uh, type of information, so to speak, for nothing. So the, it feels like for me that prepare, they prepare like Russian people for something in terms of they want to kind of like to rally around like to create this um, rally around the flag um, moment uh, and just rally around Putin or something like this because and Putin also said during one of his uh, um, conferences with I guess with Russian media that we want uh, like, I mean, he said, like, I have tears looking at those people in Donbass, or kids kids and people in Donbass, and of course we will never, um, you know, give them... We, we will never kind of let other people humiliate, like, uh, kids in Donbass or something like this. So it feels like they prepare people for something, and I would assume there will be escalation kind of pretty soon. I mean, it's, of course, it's, it's, it's all, like, speculation, but just, you know... Um, observing all this uh, environment and i mean i guess uh, the whole idea about donbass uh, since the beginning was uh, to use as like a leverage chip in the negotiations with the west uh, like for example yeah you yeah. you you, uh, you acknowledge that uh, crimea is the part of russia and we give uh, donbass back to ukraine again that was that's the whole kind of premise and point of uh, holding donbass but now, if, uh, if the situation deteriorates and the West is not interested in kind of like the Russia is not interested, to be honest, either in uh, having good relationships uh, with the West. So they kind of like both uh, deteriorate situation and it feels like uh, this is the only logical way for them to step maybe further in Ukraine, like to send troops and maybe to annex some more, some, uh, like some territories that um, were like, majority of like Russian population live or something like this I I would say it's for me this is the logical development because uh, the like, situation is really heated up uh, and you could see um, like just the, the whole like as you said it was like very anti-Russian conference I can feel a and I mean it's still like it's still in the domain of, you know, kind of words. And of course, we, we need to uh, look for deeds in the future because, uh, but, you know, those are powerful still words because um, I guess Biden expressed uh, his vision for foreign policy, especially in Europe and transatlantic relations. And of course, for Russia, it means basically that uh, um, it's not Trump, and it will be harder to deal with the U.S. in Europe, I would say. Yeah, um, I think that um, Russia might now also want to just test if all of those commitments from the West are really holding up. Uh, and Ukraine is a perfect place to do it. You might want to escalate or, as you said, annex some region officially to Russia and just see what the response from the West will be. Um because it doesn't really cost them too much. It's not, they don't have to, you know, send a lot of troops. They already control many of the regions. They just have to officially, well, you know, say, yeah, it's part of Russia now. Uh, and it will be a perfect place to test the resolve of the West if it's just empty words, this belligerent rhetoric against Russia, or real commitments, which will, of course, inform further the foreign policy of Russia. 
I mean, but Ukraine is still not the part of NATO, so they, there is no... I mean, there definitely won't be any kind of military response from the NATO, um, of course, because Ukraine is not part of the NATO. But then they reaffirmed, of course, if uh, Russia tries to um, tries to do something, for example, in Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia or Poland, for this matter, uh, they will immediately respond. They reaffirmed this Article 5 commitment that, you know, if you attack one member, you attack the whole alliance, uh, which is, I guess, they also did this in a, this public way because that's what Trump uh, wasn't so clear about and he kind of like, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, and it, it feels like very stra- strange even to mention no Trump, hours. to mention Trump because... Uh, it feels like so long ago. To yeah, I know. <laughs> it's um, actually interesting how how <laughs> all of the leaders in this conference are were basically saying, thank God that Trump is gone. Basically, all of them said, like Merkel yeah. said, oh yeah, uh, now the prospects for international cooperations are better than they used to be like a year ago. Just like clearly saying, yeah, screw mm-hmm. Trump. Um, it's interesting because they still, still Trump might still run for president in four years. So it's interesting that they said such things. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this would be like the behavior of like stupid kid because if you just just to ruin uh, like other people's party, you know, like <laughs> because it's it's totally I mean outdated already. His policy is already kind of outdated. I mean, it's it's also interesting. I mean, I I saw I I just noticed like uh, they, they said it a couple of times that Biden I guess last year he said that America would be back and don't even think that uh, America will abandon like Europe or something like this. And then he's he's like gangster was like yeah. I deliver my promises, you know. Uh, we are back. I, I told now you I'm, so. I'm saying this as a president of the United States. He says something. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this. I mean, very I mean, this is of course true, but and I mean, which kind of makes you think. Yeah, I mean, he definitely delivered this promise. Um, but yeah, it gets like way more interesting, I guess, from this point on. I mean, they also discussed a lot about vaccines and uh, this uh, vaccination plan, and uh, the US joined these uh, efforts uh, uh, to to like to distribute vaccine not only to like their country, but of course to like people in Africa and in other countries that of course don't have yeah. neither money nor opportunity to produce or buy this vaccine. Um, and which is, I mean, the only like the, the two issues that they mentioned kind of require some kind of multilateral cooperation. They said, it's, I guess, like, like vaccination and uh, arms control. Uh, those are two issues that more or less uh, I heard something about, like uh, involving China and climate change, of course, like three issues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard something like in, like in a positive direction towards like, like Russia, China and other countries. Um which is, I mean, the question is, uh, like, why would Russia be interested, you know, in uh, working with the U.S. when it's kind of it has such a, like, anti-Russian rhetoric, to be honest. Um, um, but then you can always, like, make uh, Russia look like uh, in evil and say, you know, it's 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 them who don't, who don't want to work. Uh, yeah, and I, I wonder and if like this, this. Uh, anti-Russian approach... Uh, is needed for the transatlantic relationship because let's be honest, the uh, U.S. and European alliance was born to uh, balance against the Soviet Union. Now the Soviet Union is gone, and many people were wondering why the hell do we still have NATO? There's no reason to have it anymore. Um, 
So maybe yeah. they just need to paint Russia uh, as a threat to consolidate this alliance. You know, nothing unites people more than a common enemy. Um, so maybe that's mm. the way Biden wants to reaffirm Macron that NATO is not brain dead. Yeah, I mean, that's true, I guess. That's that's really how they say raison d'etre, like uh, the reason why NATO exists. Of course, it needs some enemy because it was created like a military alliance against a like, common enemy. Um, and it also makes sense that uh, it, it's the soul of its existence nowadays. It's really, I would say, it's not so crystal clear and you need to... Uh, you need to do a lot of uh, equilibristics, you know, kind of like to, to reaffirm people that you still need NATO and all those kind of... No, it's not like logical... Like there is not, it's not so logical to, to just say like, yeah, like we need, like, I mean, Western people, like we need NATO because then you just say, well, I mean, you can have some other alliance or some like European alliance or whatever. You can move forward because NATO is like relic of the past, to be honest. Um so I guess, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're pretty much right. I guess they want to reaffirm and Russia is like one of the, one of the issues that where they are united. Um, yeah, so we'll see how it unfolds, I guess. But I don't expect <laughs> anything positive uh, for the future, especially for, yeah, for, for, um, for the US-Russia relations. Which is interesting for me that Biden took this clearly anti-Russian uh, approach. I guess, as I said, he just wanted to... Um, have his European allies more committed to the alliance. But actually, uh, what I also wanted to talk about is how all of the leaders, even though they showed solidarity on many issues, they still stressed their particular interests of their countries. Um, for example, um, Merkel, she said that, yeah, you know, uh, Russia is a threat and China is a competitor, but uh, we need to still work with them on many issues. And Macron also said, yeah, we're committed to the uh, transatlantic alliance, but we also should have stronger European commitment to um, defense so that the US doesn't carry all the burden. So all of, I feel like their leaders from Europe, they still had their stance, they upheld them, their stances, but toned it down a bit to mm -hmm. seem more united with the US. That was my impression. Yeah, I guess you you summarized it really like nicely because that was kind of my impression as well. Uh, I mean, uh, the like the first part of all, like, I guess the, the, they gave speeches and then they took some questions. Not not everyone, but for example, Macron. Uh, I don't remember about Merkel, but some other people uh, did take questions afterwards. And then like the first in their speech, for example, Macron was very like pro nato pro like anti-russian and you know kind of in this kind of like in in alignment with the us and uh, germany but then when he took questions like people asked him about strategic autonomy and he was something like yeah i mean i'm not saying i'm kind of undermine i want to undermine nato but you need to be more autonomous because the us is now on both thrones and it's like really hard for us like to pay attention to china and russia and so we uh, and for example, like in in like in Syria, we like or in Nagorno Karabakh, we like as Europeans need to have our own security, um, like like materials or just like to to make security policy work for us, so to speak. And yeah, and this was, I guess you yeah we, really we see a divergence of interests, but they were toned down 
in the favor of the common interests, which is, I guess, what diplomacy is all about. Yeah, and also, I guess, uh, uh, it points to like the future in terms of what they're going to actually do, because there was some real suggestions and real policy proposals like increasing uh, NATO budget, uh, increasing military budget to 2%, uh, then like sanctions against Russia, like uh, due to Navalny, um, then what else, I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, mm, and some other proposals. So there were some clear proposals uh, made, but let's see how they, how they're going to, like, uh, how they're going to um, realize them. Yeah, because uh, the realization of those things uh, is the most important, I yeah. guess, for uh, politics. It's interesting if this um, trend um, yes. that was started, uh, well, after Biden took office, if it will be here to stay. Um, it's I'm really impressed that the moment that Trump went away, most of the directions that he put uh, the U.S. on regarding foreign policy just instantly evaporated. I wonder if it's possible, you know, if some other president comes after Biden, that they will just, you know, uh, mm-hmm. they can change the uh, direction of the U.S. foreign policy, you know, I on think- a whim. I actually think because he was so erratic and I mean, yeah. because he was so erratic and so like Trump, Trump is Trump, you know, I guess it uh, it helped them to uh, just pinpoint that, you know, America is back and something like this. Just like, just the contrast was so drastic, to be honest, like one year it's, uh, they say like it's Westlessness, another year they say we are united, like, you know, kind of like during Cold War or something. Yeah, it's it's interesting, but it also it also I guess uh, it's just good discussion whether like NATO uh, should exist at all. Of course, uh, because of course they want to deter Russia, but uh, NATO is not the only way to deter Russia. Oh, which is actually I guess interesting thing to mention. Uh, it was mentioned by Macron, yeah, uh, because like Turkish position wasn't there. Like Turkish president did not uh, give speeches or something. He, he wasn't president in this conference. But Macron said something. You know, we need to be united on every issue. He said, uh, and uh, he also like pinpointed to like Turkey saying something. Yeah, like but uh, which is not true for every NATO member. He said something, meaning like yeah, Tur- Turkey. Uh, which is interesting. I mean, I guess, I guess uh, they definitely they do need to have like a common uh, position. I guess, but uh, with Turkey, but like just because NATO is like the alliance of uh, so many countries, it's of course difficult to have like common position. Yeah, and it's especially difficult when two member states have border disputes and <laughs> threaten war to each other all the time. Which is interesting in the light of NATO, how NATO would yeah. respond to an aggression on one NATO member by another NATO member. So. Something the alliance needs to work out. Work out. I guess like, I guess the the, the member who is the most pissed are gonna quit. This they happened with with Greece when it just basically quit NATO, but then uh, uh, rejoined afterwards. Uh, I guess what you do when you are like really pissed uh, because of like the position that NATO takes or other countries, you just quit. What else you can do? Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, yeah. Turkey cannot really influence NATO though. Like neither can Greece. So. Let's see. But yeah, I mean, I guess the interesting thing is like to just to to expect um, to expect further steps in real politics. Let's see, I guess. Yeah.
But I, I don't expect anything uh, positive, yeah. to be honest, after that conference, because then I think about Russian position and then I see how the situation is kind of heated now in Russia in, in both like domestic and international terms. And I just, I just don't expect anything good from this. <laughs> ah, well, we have to be hopeful for a better future, I guess. Even though if those hopes yeah. are, even though those hopes are pretty slim. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I guess uh, that's it for today. Uh, it so is. Rate us, uh, subscribe to our channels, uh, reach us if you if you'd like, um, and see you next time. See ya.